Hello, family, and welcome to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno, and today I am joined by Loretta. Loretta is a YouTuber. She has a YouTube called Loretta Sharing Group, uh, where she interviews near-death experiencers and spiritual experiencers. She's a student and a teacher of A Course in Miracles, and she is a spiritual experiencer herself. She's also a very dear friend of mine. I'm very grateful to, to call you a friend, and I feel like we, we have a very kindred connection. Uh, and I'm very excited to introduce you to the IONS audience and to give you a platform to share about your experience and to have a conversation about all things spiritual today. So I'm going to toss it right over to you and uh, let, give you some space to share. Thank you for your willingness to serve our community. Yay! Thank you so much. That was a beautiful introduction. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, to your platform, Betty. Um, I'm excited. All my teeth are showing. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, so yeah, I stepped into the spiritual space like a lot of people did through pain, regular old pain and suffering. Um, very briefly, I'll go into my, my spiritually transformative experience. Um, it started with me wanting to kill myself. I wanted to die. So trigger alert. Uh, I was just in a tumultuous custody battle with my ex-husband. We have three beautiful children and uh, he just wanted to fight. He wanted to fight. I wanted it to end and he wanted to continue to battle. And so it battled and it lasted and it lasted and it lasted. Um, and so debt began to mount Uh and it was just a hardship on the family. And I would try to appeal to him uh, to, to resolve things between the two of us. But he that his intention, his goal was to fight. And so I started, you know, um, you know, just not enjoying my life. I started getting to a point where I'm just like, God, I'm not, I'm not having fun. Uh, I don't want to be here. Um and so those thoughts and those feelings uh, continue to uh, build. And um, and I uh, right, I had three kids, like who would want to kill themselves with three kids? But when you've heard enough that you're worthless and that, that the kids will be better off without you, you start to, to believe it. And so anyway, I started to, to uh, randomly, it seems to me, started looking at up near death experiences online and uh and I don't I, my mind was like why are we doing this like my mind kept saying why are we looking at these near death and this was before the 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 hosters the uh podcasters who had all the people on one show I would have to search them up every day and I don't know why I was doing it I just knew that it was the only thing that I could do that I that I could tolerate. Other than the stuff that I had to do, it was the only thing that I wanted to do that did anything for me. And I can't say that it gave me joy because I was not quite in that space to experience joy, but it was doing something. And finally, I found this lady who stated... Um, you know, we we reincarnate over and over again with the same soul family to uh, to learn different lessons and we exchange roles. And it was like the light came on 
when it was like I had a visceral reaction. It was like I felt as if I um I somebody had given me a, a glass of ice cold water and I had been in the desert. So uh that's that was it for me. That shifted everything for me. Um I began to realize I'm not a victim. Uh that is very likely that I asked this gentleman to do that when we were souls before we came into this incarnation. And I really began to recognize that I was the orchestrator of my life. And that just like I had created a situation that was not uh, happy for me, not loving, not enjoyable, that I could recreate a, a, a story, right? that was enjoyable. And so after that, I just began to consume all kinds of spiritual materials, um, uh, conversations with God, uh, Jesus, my, my autobiography. I found The Course in Miracles, which was absolutely powerful. And Robert Schwartz was a huge part of my story because he wrote these books, Your Soul's Plan, uh, and your soul's gift. I think he has more actually, but they talked about pre-birth planning. And so I was able to really venture into that area of life became exciting. Life became exciting. So long story short, um, he did not stop. My ex-husband did. It's not like he magically stopped like, oh, Loretta has awakened. Let me stop filing motions. He continued to file motions. Uh, until he ran out of money. Uh, but I, I, I definitely recognized that, um, that whatever his actions was, whatever the content was in my life, right? It did not have to dictate my emotions and it did not have to dictate how I viewed that content. I could view it in a way to say, oh, this is bad. Or I could view it in a way and say, okay, how do we maneuver this? How can we uh, tackle this from our higher self? And so I just, it just transformed my perspective. And that's really how I really got into being a podcaster. So I have a, Betty talked about me having a podcast. I have a podcast, uh, Loretta Sharing Group. And I started out teaching some of the lessons of A Course in Miracles. Uh, and I, I got tired of hearing myself talk. And then I said, you know what? Let me invite some near-death experiencers because that is such a significant part of my experience. Without me having heard that, it wasn't religion. It wasn't uh, a man. It wasn't money. It wasn't anything that helped me shift my way of thinking from destruction to truth and to peace. It was the near-death experience. It was the truth. It was the downloads that was that had come back uh, from the near-death experience that that did something where it it woke me up to the truth of who we are. So it is my uh, my love. I love doing it. So uh, yeah, that's my experience. And uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity to share. 
Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I, what I love about your experience is um, like your own quest. That's what I get out of it, right? Like you went, you sought and you found the things that gave you solace. And I feel like there's so many people that could use uh, some inspiration. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious kind of what would you say to somebody who's in a similar space to where you were? Um, like sort of like in the in the bowels of desperation, you know, like really like in the gut, like, you know, of despair. That's a great question. Um, I'll say this when I was in the middle of that space. Right. And um, yeah, I used to take my I'm pretty dramatic if y'all hadn't picked up on that yet. So I, I would just park my car during my lunch break and just cry and just weep. Right. And so um, I used to every now and then have this voice that would say, maybe this would this maybe this will help somebody one day. And I used to re- I remember thinking, are you crazy? Who is this? Are you crazy? I'm no good to anyone. I'm not I'm no good to myself. Um, I don't have the Well, who who can I help? Um, it was the most absurd thought to me. But hindsight. It's like, wow, that was, I I do believe that was my guides, my angels, source, whomever, whatever name we want to give it, trying to somehow get in to shift my way of thinking. And so what I would say to anybody who is in that space of desperation, first of all, I would like to share with the collective that we have to shift the way that we respond and react when people are honest with us about wanting to not live. We calling uh, the hospital and having them locked up in a white room is not effective. It's not love. This is, people often don't talk about suicide until somebody has already done the deed. Why? Because people don't feel like they can come to anybody with that. And that is a problem. We want to be in a space where we are approachable to people and that we have a sense of non-judgment. So getting that out of the way, what I would say to people who are in that space is go to someone whom you trust and share your feelings. I think back when I was in that space and I just shiver, I'm like, what if I had, like none of the kids go to see their father at this point. (laughs) They all got to a point where it was like, no. So what if I had done that deed? I would not be, they would have had no choice but to stay with somebody who was not loving to them, who was not resonant with them. Um, And so I just, I look at where I am now and it's like, thank God, that I was able to shift the way that I was thinking. And I just would like to say, hold on, hold on. Don't put violence against yourself. You know, to kill yourself is to enact violence against yourself. Just stay the course. And if you are able to, once you start to have thoughts, that take you down that path. And we all have been there where we start to have these thoughts and we we have a thought and we feel bad 
And then we have another thought and then it just builds. And the next thing you know, our vibration is just on the floor. If you can try to separate yourself from that thought that does not serve you. So, for example, if you think, I'm, you know, I'm just alone, which is what I thought. I'm alone. My family's not here. I'm, I'm battling with this with this guy. He's not going to end. You know, I'm alone. So what what happens is, is we think a thought and then we feel bad. Right. And we think that we feel bad because the thought that we thought was true. But I have found that that's not why we feel bad. We feel bad because the thought was not true. We are off track of love. We're off track of truth. We are all made of love, right? And so when we think a thought like I'm alone, which is absolutely untrue, we're all surrounded by source, angels, archangels, ascended masters, higher, you know, we're just, we have all kind of non-physical beings around us. We're never alone, whether we like it or not. We're never alone. So that thought is not true. And so if you think a thought and you don't feel good, I always tell people your feelings are your compass. So if you don't feel good after you've thought that thought, that thought does not serve you. And and when you are in a state of depression, you're constantly thinking. You're constantly married to your thoughts, right? I just would encourage anybody who is severely depressed and are having those thoughts, just every now and then take the opportunity to separate yourself, the essence of who you really are. You're not your body. You're not your thoughts. You're not even your emotions. Separate yourself from your thoughts. You know, it could be where you, let me go outside. Let me get some sun. Or let me admire a flower. Or let me go to the beach and and, and just sit by the water. Let me, uh, you know, anything that will that will break you and those thoughts. Because we're actually not our thoughts. Um, and if you separate the beauty of who you are, the essence of who you are from lower vibrational thoughts, then you will begin to make higher choices and you will begin to be happier. So just try it, y'all. Try it, try it, try it. There's always hope. There's always a way. And I also want to encourage you that those of you who are, are struggling with that, man, you have so much power available to you. Your story is significant and it's going to reach people who suffer from these things similarly. You're going through this darkness for a reason and and how dark it is, that's how light it'll be. I never imagined that I would be doing anything like this. Um, and so I, I always just think back and say, thank God, I just stayed the course. 
thank God I stayed the course. So I know that was a long answer, but. No, thank you. I feel so inspired right now. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, thank you for that so much. And I'm not in a place where I'm necessarily being challenged by anything in particular, but like even just hearing that in general, thinking about the times in my life where I was in like a really, really dark place or maybe times in my future when I will be also in a dark place, like I can hold what you just said with me. And, you know, like we have a saying in the collective, it's always darkest before the dawn. And it sounds like so cliche and it almost sounds like you're writing someone off when they're experiencing like some, some challenging emotion, but it really is true. Like that's the process of alchemy. You know, like you have to go from that base metal in order to transform into that gold and um, yeah, I just, I love what you said. It was really, really inspired. Thank you for that. Thank you. And I'm glad you brought that up, Betty, um, that even now, because it's not like I'm, I'm in the light and it's like, oh, I have challenges, y'all. You know, I have days when I wake up and it's like, ugh, you know, but then I take a shower and I, you know. It's like whatever works for you. But no, we are, that's why we're courageous. We are courageous, y'all, for being here. I always say there are parts of God that will not incarnate on this planet. There are parts of God that are like, no, thank you. Only the most courageous parts of God are willing to go through this exercise, this experience. And from my understanding, it's never been done on this planet. Like we are embarking on areas that have never been done. And so, y'all, it is an exciting time right now. Do not check out. We fought to be here. We wanted to be a part of this ascension process. This is an exciting time. So hold on. And there will be days. But hold on, do not let go. Reach out, reach out to me, email me, go to my, you know, whatever. Just do whatever that feels good to you to uh, to feel better. All right, oh God. I love it. Yes, thank you for sharing about that. And yeah, you know, like know that there's support, you know. Um, you know, we have sharing groups at IONS yes. online. So like, if you feel like you're in a place where you need support, like you could always pop into a sharing group. Loretta, Loretta's information will be underneath in the, in the liner notes of this video, my information as well. And it just starts with that. You know what I mean? Just like one person who's just willing to listen. It's not about like fixing or controlling yeah. or managing anything. It's just like, sometimes you just need somebody to listen to you. And, and that's, um, that's part of our purpose anyway. That's like what we're here to do. So, and I know that there's so many others as well. Um, you mentioned something about the ascension process, which is like one of my favorite things to talk about too. And I'm curious if you'll share, you know, your conceptualization of it, what it, what it means to you to tell the audience if they've never heard of it before. So I, you know, I'm just collecting information, y'all. Um but from what I understand, like I've heard very often from non-physical high vibrational beings, people who channel like these collectives or whatever, that this is the end of a spiritual season. This that now it's almost like graduation. So so what does that mean? So what I how I understand it to be is. Uh, there are things that we've all been working on for many lifetimes. And those are like 
like the thorn in your side. And I've had several. Uh, and there are things that we've worked on many lifetimes, right? That we've tried to master, perfect, uh, heal. And uh, from my understanding, this is the lifetime where we, it's like, no, this is it. I'm ready to be done with this issue. I'm ready to, to evolve from this area. Uh, and and so it's kind of like a graduation. I also understand, Betty, that um, I just had a guest who talked about this, that those people who will not graduate, right, um, no one is left behind. What will happen is, is they will incarnate again and they'll be like at in the top of the class, right? So people who are here and and don't make don't get the diploma or graduate that then you know the cycle continues the life continues and they'll be able because they've experienced this transformative lifetime will be able to then kind of be at the head of the class until and you know and we all it's all a process I, and it's never ending y'all um, and so that's my understanding. Anything beyond that, I don't know, but I just know it's it's you know, we have life chance talking about Robert Schwartz, we all have life challenges, and those life challenges speak to specific things that our souls wanted to 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 master. Wow, yeah, thank you for sharing about that. That's a very interesting uh, what the person said the other day about like. The, I, I, I interpret it as the fifth year senior coming back with like a leg up. I feel like that might have already happened a couple of times for me anyway. <laughs> me you know, like I, just, I keep coming back. I'm like ninth year senior. Like I'm really going to, I'm going to get it this time. I swear, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about pre-birth planning um, because I know that we've both read Robert Schwartz's books and, yeah. and we both have this very deep resonance with the fact that we all, that we planned our lives um, and, and you were talking about the challenge with this one particular partner in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have any sort of thoughts around why you would have picked this partner. Like what, what is it that keeps you guys incarnating and playing these roles for each other? So I love that question. I love that question. Yes, girl. Look, so once I woke up, right, I read Robert, I just consumed. If you could physically eat something, I that I would have done it. I um I consumed Robert Schwartz's books, in addition to other books. Um, and when I realized the concept of pre-birth planning, I was so exciting. And so, so um, anybody who's read his books knows that he leveraged psychics and mediums to do. So literally, y'all, he goes into he he interviews a person who has a particular challenge. He he gets a medium, uh, two actually, and then they go into their pre-birth planning, which is phenomenal. Uh, and so it's the, the challenges can be like one girl was deaf, somebody else was blind, drug addiction. He addresses all different topics. So of course, when I read this, I was like, I was convinced, y'all, that I had done kidnapped this man and killed him in a previous life. Like I was convinced that I had done something so atrocious with him, with, with him. And I'm like, what did I do, you know, to, to have this kind of energy? 
So I hired one of the mediums in the book, and she was not cheap. I hired her, but it was worth it. It was really my it was my survival. Okay. So I hired her and I we, you know, I said I hired her. We had a conversation. She did her meditation and she told me, she said, You all, we we do reincarnate, Betty. You're right on. We do reincarnate a, a lot. Um, this was the first lifetime that we were actually romantically linked, though. Uh he was, we were in a lifetime in Germany. He was a foreigner. I do not remember what country he was from, but he was a foreigner. And both of us were in the arena of healing. He was like a doctor. I I was some kind of way, his work assistant, something. And uh, because he was a foreigner in Germany, his colleagues did not respect his work. They did not respect his work. And, And being, working with him, I saw the pain. I saw the hurt that he was in uh, from 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 not having his because he worked very hard from my understanding. And um, so I was kind of just there for him at that time. And so he uh, she told me that he was coming back into this lifetime to resolve those energies uh, to be hell on wheels for not for lack of a better word, you know, um, to resolve that resentment, to play that out. And that she, he asked me if I could be his, his comfort or something, some kind of language, uh, and that I agreed. And, but I told him, I said, for a little while, just for a little while, and you have to give me my three children. And we made this agreement. And, and, and everything that she said resonated so deeply uh, because it was like right we I had two pregnancies I have a set of twins and I have a now a 21 year old and when I was carrying the twins when I was with child I had decided while I was with child with them I'm gonna have these babies I'm gonna heal I'm gonna go to work and I'm gonna file for a divorce. So it was like ju- it, it was I almost I always joke with people and say that the my twins were like, we need to go together because she about to be up, she about to be out of here, you know. So um it was very resonant. So yeah, that's that's you know, and then I, I've expressed that, you know, we have to have people that are willing to play these roles for us. I needed a catalyst that would push me so far into the dark that I would wake up. When we're comfortable, when we kind of, you know, we have a loving husband, we have children and a white pinky fence. There's nothing to wake us up from our slumber. Everything is nice and, and comfortable, right? Like we like to be, right? We all like to be happy. But um, there are people, there are souls that have to be willing to say, I will be that energy for you that's going to make you so desperate. It's going to convince you that you are small to, to such a degree that you will actually think the only option that you have is to take your life. And so for that, I'm, I'm grateful to him. I'm grateful to him. It's been tough. It has been tough, but 
it the beauty of those books, everyone, and if you feel called to, please get them. They're amazing. Uh, the beauty of pre-birth planning is it allows you, it enables you to see the, the higher picture. You look at everything from the higher perspective and it reshapes how you look at it. And everything is about our thoughts. Everything is about our perception. So if we perceive ourselves as powerful beings, then we will create in that way. So that was the story behind that, girl. I love that. I love the vision of like the twins in heaven. Like, oh my God, we got to get down here now. Like, yeah, we got to, this is the end timeline. We got to do it. She's about to dip. She's about to get out. And I I was, yes. Yeah. Well, also, you know, like while you were sharing that, I was thinking your contract was complete, you know? So like, of course you were ready, you know, like, because you came in contract, you said, I want my three children. And then while you were with them, you said, okay, our contract's complete. Now I can walk away from the contract. I never thought of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing that popped into my head. It was complete. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I think that that gives that also the, the conception of this also gives me a lot of freedom in when I have like that very strong intuition that something is no longer for me, mm. you know, it could be because a contract is complete mm. and there's many situations in my life where I'm like, can I be done with this already? Like, who's the person in charge? Like, I need to tear this up, shred yeah. this and set it on fire. Like, yeah. I do, I no longer want to be involved in this contract but everything is always happening for the highest good, even if my human, my ego does not perceive it and perceives a challenge. My spirit is always enabling such growth for myself. And I, I love the idea of taking charge, you know, like not being a victim to the circumstance, but saying like, OK, some version of me did this to myself because it knew that I could get through it yes. and maybe for no other reason other than that. And and to just sort of step into that power. And I love, Betty, you know, hearing your story, like you've been on my show. Um, it's so it's so similar. The only difference is, is I didn't have like a like a near death. Um, but I love how pre-birth planning kind of freed both of us, right? Like you were able to get that information that what? I chose this um, and I was able to get that as well, you know, so I, it just, it's the, it makes me think about the scripture that says the truth will set you free. It's just knowing the truth and being freed from, from that whole perception. I love that. Yeah. Also in A Course in Miracles in lesson 158, it says the script is written. Mm. So for me, that gives me a lot of peace as well. Like mm. it, not only do I have this very deep knowledge and, you know, slash belief, but knowledge <laughs> that I planned my life, but it also is reflected in some of the spiritual teachings that, you know, I individually follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the freedom of also the thing that I'm thinking about is the acceptance, practicing the spiritual principle of acceptance, because mm -hmm. I do not want to believe that I chose trauma in my life that mm -hmm. I chose abuse. Like, I don't want to believe any of that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. my soul knows it. 
but my human cannot understand it. And so for me, practicing that spiritual principle of acceptance, uh, because I hear so many people, I see comments on people who talk about pre-birth planning. People are like, no way, there's no way, there's no way that I would choose this. That's, that's, uh, that's evil. That's terrible to think like, and you know, they go to like very extremes, like what about children that die? What about the Holocaust? You know, like all of these things. What do you think about that? Like people who, yeah, have like such a resistance towards acceptance towards this. I don't you know, that you, you asked out awesome questions. Let me just say, um, I'm glad you brought that up. What I think about that is if, if one can step back with what Betty just said, right. You know, what about children? What about the, um, I think if you can just step back and just consider that you may be God, that we may have chosen these lifetimes and that there is a divine purpose. There are no victims. One of the lessons of A Course in Miracles is I am not the victim of the world I see. We are not victims. And so in the in the example of children, which is tough, right? It's tough to, to think about, to conceive of. And, and I think about it with my own children. There are times when I used to be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I feel so bad. I got involved. I married this man. He was a horrible father to them. And, and I've made my children have to have this experience. But what I've what I've realized is that they have pre-birth planning as well. And just like I chose my parents, they chose their parents. And also on a certain level, and we are in this realm, this illusion of separation, but it is an illusion, right? We are not these bodies. And so there is nothing that can happen to us outside of the soul level agreement. Uh, and on some level, it's very difficult to understand because we don't even really understand all stuff, right? So it's difficult to understand why a soul would want to have an experience. Uh, but, and, and not to say advocacy is absolutely important. If you, if something is in your realm of experience, you are uh, uh, around abuse, you see someone abusing a child, you see domestic violence, you see any kind of abuse, absolutely, you are around it, so it is your job to do something about it. So we absolutely have to be compassionate uh, and use our powers to change that. Because that's a part of why it happens too, is that the collective allows it. But to a degree, um, as souls, we have chosen certain circumstances. Um, and I, th- I think about my childhood. I mean, you know, we, we, we it was it was beautiful at times, and it was tragic at other times. But I recognize. I chose this 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 life. I chose these parents, and many of our parents are, you know, we're unconscious. This is a new thing. This is this awakening thing is new. That's why it's so exciting 
And so um, I would say to those people who say that, get Robert Schwartz's books. I really, I, that will, that is the, because, you know, he interviews a, 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 one of my favorite stories in there is a young lady who was deaf. And so we look at people and we like, we're like, oh, we feel so bad and we feel so sorry, you, you know, which is not really a high vibrational feeling for you or the other soul. Nobody wants to be pitied, right? So, but to say, what is the soul level reason? And his books give you an opportunity to consider what the soul level reason is. And in that particular story where the woman was deaf, in a previous lifetime, she had heard her father or her, no, not her father, but her mom's boyfriend shoot her in a previous lifetime. And she said in her pre-birth planning, I don't want to hear, I don't want to ever hear that sound again. I want to be born deaf. And this will be a lifetime of healing for me. So us, we're looking at, we may look at her and think, oh, that is so awful. But to her soul, it's like, no, I chose this experience. Um, I wanted to heal in this lifetime. And this is healing for me. So it's important that we don't judge. It's really judging. You know, even if it feels like it's, you know, a nice judging, it's judging. And just, you know, just to recognize really seeing God in everybody. It really is seeing the God in everybody. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Get those books, man. If you really struggle with that concept, get those books. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. This scene brought to you by Robert Schwartz. Just kidding. Yeah, I I know, right? Robert, you need to come on my show. You need to come on my show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I, yeah, I, I love that response because it's a really challenging question to, to talk yeah. about things that seem so dense and like incomprehensible. Like there could not be a creator that would allow things like this to happen. You know, like makes you question like ev- everything in the whole universe. But when you step into the awareness that perhaps we are co-creators with the divine, yeah. then it takes away all of that. Uh, that baggage, that denseness to the experience. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a, for me, it's such a better point of view to live in, you know, like even if it's, even if it's not true, which it is, <laughs> but even if it's not, I'll remain open-minded. My life is lighter. It's freer. Yeah. It's happier because I have this awareness. Why wouldn't I want to live with an awareness like that? Yes. That's a good point. Great. Excellent point, Betty. Yeah. Even if it's not true, quote unquote, right? Even if we say this is not true, which it is, to look at life like that. Think about how you could recreate your life if you have that perspective. I mean, we we are both testimonies to the fact that a whole life can be recreated yes. just by being aware of this belief. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's a, such a beautiful one. I'm so grateful for you. I love chatting with you. Um, I always do. I'm curious if there's anything else that you would like to share to feel more complete about our time today. I just uh, what I would like to share is just, you know what? be patient with yourselves. That's what I want to share. And because that's where I am in my life is being patient with myself. Treat yourself as you would a baby. 
You would not be impatient with the baby if it was trying to walk. You wouldn't say, why haven't you figured this out yet? You would hold that baby and kiss them and be so proud and call all your friends and family and be so excited she tried to walk. And in that same way, treat yourself with that love and that compassion and that patience. This is new, everyone. This has not been done before. This is a new space that we are all embarking on. And so even if you encounter people with beliefs that are different from yours, remind yourself, we are all working our way up the mountain, you know, and and figuring it out as we go. And we are all courageous souls. And so that that's so that's what I would like to end with. And thank you again. This was so high in vibration. You know, I could have I could talk for two hours. Yeah. Thank you so much. I always see the light shine from you, Betty. Like it just shines through your form. So I love what you're doing here. This is beautiful. Uh, and thank you so much uh, for inviting me. Thank you so much. The light that you're experiencing is a ring light, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for the compliment. And again, thank you for your willingness to serve our community. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. You, Avi. Bye-bye.